Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today I'm chatting with Jamie J. and we're talking about systems, processes, and how to hire effectively. This has always been important, but now that many of us are having to work remotely, not me, I've always worked remotely, but we do need teams and systems and processes, and he's got a terrific process he's going to share. So Jamie J. is the founder and the managing director, excuse me, of Bottleneck Distant Assistance. If you've ever been in a position where your business is growing and you just can't seem to catch up or keep up, then you might just be in a position to hire a virtual assistant. Jamie's been outsourcing DAs, and we're going to talk about the difference between a virtual assistant and a distant assistant from the Philippines since 2006. I'm sorry, just about lied there. BNDA is a team of remote based professionals dedicated to assisting ambitious leaders to help identify, hire, and cultivate remote team members. Listen, I've been doing what I do for a long time, and the whole VA thing was a big, big issue for so many people, so many of my clients, so I eventually became one. So I'm really looking forward to talking with him because we have so much in common, but he's gone way beyond what I ever did. So Let me finish here before I get all excited. As the need for distant assistance continues to rise, Jamie enjoys sharing his industry expertise with a service that is dedicated to business growth, systems, processes, and company culture development. And I have a lot of questions, and I don't want to keep chatting here, so I'll ask them as we go. Jamie, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you, and, and it's a complete honor. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Listen, as I mentioned, this is something that I did for a long time. I'm, as m- many people know, I'm a web developer by trade and by passion. I can build websites in my sleep, literally. But <laughs> I And I dream in code, which is you know sad, but it happens. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'm a nerd. What can I say? But I love it. I was working with my clients back in the day because I've been doing this for a while. I realized that they needed other things. They needed social media. They needed, you know, to be consulted with. I didn't, I was never, ever going to build a website, hand them the keys and say, good luck, God bless. I mean, my clients have been with me one way or another for, in some cases, better than a decade. So, I started being, you know, I started hiring or not hiring, but being a virtual assistant as kind of an added on thing for my clients. It was never meant to to be a completely different business, although it did become one. And you and I will talk about what has happened in that industry that, you know, some people shouldn't be in the industry. (laughs) I'm just going to say it right now. I don't care if you're a receptionist for an hour and a half and you have a keyboard, you're not a virtual assistant. Stop saying you are. So anyway, tell, tell people a bit about you before I really go off on a rant. Here you Listen, I'm going to hand this to you. You have to stop me. I'm, I'm, giving, you, I'm giving you instructions. Don't let me rant. <laughs> oh, well, well that would be kind of difficult for me cuz I I would I I don't want to I'm not in the good practice of cutting people off but I will try and do my darndest. <laughs> good. I give um, you permission. <laughs> well, thank you again for having me on. I'm uh really excited to chat about this. Obviously, uh you and I are are fellow nerds, I would say, cuz I I actually started out building websites as well. And one of the one of the biggest challenges I had was when I was done with that website, I was kind of done and I didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, but a year or two later, that, that person or maybe three years later, uh, that group, that company would come back and say they needed updates again on the website or maybe they were looking for a redesign. I'm sure you can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And basically what, what I did is I, 
you know, we'd go redesign the site. And then and the problem was I started developing really good friendships with some of our clients. And I really wanted to help them because they were growing. They were having struggles like many of us that are growing businesses do. Um, and they were just, they were living a life of job. You know, they created a company and all of a sudden they found themselves in a job. And they were just getting, you know, overwhelmed is something I hear all the time. Um, tired. Uh, missing time with their family, just it goes on and on and on. And so this whole time I'd been working with assistants out of the I hired my first assistant in 2006 and just absolutely fell in love uh, with their culture, uh, their work ethic. I learned so much from them. And I had a couple of uh, friends of mine that were in a mastermind, and they asked me, how do, how do you do this? Where do you find these people? And I said, oh, just go here, and I'll, I'll make an introduction. And one of them said, you should start this as a business. And I said, whoa, I don't know. I'm pretty big into the websites. Be honest with you, I I didn't enjoy building the websites. Uh, it kind of got to me after, you know, a certain amount of years, <laughs> hundreds of websites later. I was I was ready for something new, so I I I went ahead and took took them up on the challenge. And uh, lo and behold, it's uh, it's really been a blessing uh, for both my wife, myself. Um, it's so rewarding to be able to help people than just come in for a little bit, help them, and then not, not talk with them or not be able to help them grow. And now we're in a position to be able to do that. I literally got a phone call from a client um, who had been working in his business for three years. He hired somebody from us, and 90 days later, three months, um, he, he called me on a Saturday morning and said, hey, Jamie, I just want to let you know that um, because of you and, and hiring the assistant, I'm spending time with my family today, and it's Saturday. And then the phone Wrestled, you could hear it wrestle away from him, and his wife jumped on and said, Jamie, thank you so much for giving me my husband back. And it was at that very moment where I said, oh, my gosh, this is more than just a business. Like, we're literally affecting humans' lives. And what's nice about it is on the other side, on the assistant side, they're able to work remotely and do something that they're passionate about. And I can tell you right now, I am not an accountant. I don't like accounting. My father was a CPA. Oh, you and me both. Like that stuff. Oh, it's math. Any kind of math. When I was in college, I went back to college later in life and paid for it myself. Thank you very much. And I had a 4.0 until I hit algebra. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) I came very close to flunking that class. In fact, I remember distinctly standing up in class and saying, because, you know, the the instructor saying, Denise, you're very bright. You're one of the brightest people in this room. Why don't you understand this? And I lost it. I jumped to my feet and I said, because it's a bunch of made up crap that some guy who couldn't get a date and, you know, lives in his mother's (laughs) basement created just to fool around with the rest of us. It's trash. I got sent to the equivalent of the principal's office, but, oh, no. <laughs> but they passed me. I think it was one of those systems like, just get her out of here. She's disrupting the class. <laughs> but it did play Mary Hell with my GPA. It did. Yeah. It's, oh, well. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. And, and it's what, garbage. what I really like about it is that other people really love math, really I love know. accounting. And if you can find that person that really thrives off of that, it's their strength to your weakness, right? And that's what we do. And it's so amazing. So when someone starts a business, they don't, a lot of people don't realize what is all entailed in this business. They're like, oh my gosh, I love baking pies or, oh my gosh, I love building wood, you know, desks or stuff out of wood. I was talking to my friend this weekend. We went to visit and he does this amazing high-end furniture like he's converting an old army trailer into a kitchen table like he does really creative stuff he goes but i just hate selling i I don't like it i like being out here in my barn working and so he got a person to go sell for him and that person loves selling that's how it is and if you can find somebody that is exceptional in an area that you are not uh first and foremost you've got to get over yourself (laughs) and realize that you can't be an expert in everything but it's your vision, your mission, it's your inspiration that can lead the charge for others to jump on board and say, I love this inspiring story. I love the vision. I love the mission. I really want to participate. And by the way, 
I'm really good at numbers. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> Let's do this. So that's that's kind of how I kind of got into this. And um, it's basically just leveraging the strengths of others where you're weak. That's true. Does and that make honestly, sense? Oh, gosh, yes. And listen, I had to have a big talk with myself because I am a know-it-all. I mean, aren't we all? We all know what we know. We're very good at it. And I don't have much in the... Yeah. And I'm not particularly humble, as you can tell. And I, for the longest kind of time, did not hire assistants because I could do it all. I was also killing myself. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was crabby. You know, my brain would just go... uh, I'm going to go to the refrigerator, stick my head in there, and just breathe. Because, you know, that's meditation. Mm. Open refrigerator door syndrome. You don't think anything. You're, you're meditating. Then you can go back to work. But for the longest <laughs> I gotta try time, that. <laughs> oh, do it. That's the only way I can meditate. It's You know, I just go in there and stick my whole body. I'm, I have double doors, and I just stick my whole body in there practically. Oh and after gosh. a while, I go, oh, God, yes. I have no idea what it's doing to my utility bill. I don't care. It works. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I would, I didn't even know how to hire back in the day. You know, I just didn't know that I could bring people on board who, as it turned out, needed to know more than I did. And the beauty of me having to go through it myself and learn how to hire myself and not do all of the work, my own work, my clients work. I mean, seriously, I was killing myself was that I learned over time to hire some, like you just said, hire somebody who is an expert at what they're doing. I happen to hate Infusionsoft or keep or whatever they call it. Can I work in it? Yes. Will I? No. I hate it. (laughs) So I would always, and I still have somebody on my team, you know, I think she's been with me about 10 years now. Whenever I have, you know, a client that needs that kind of work, she's my go-to person. She's better at it oh, than I am. Perfect. And I know that. I will not tackle it. I want an expert. So I, over time, figured out, like you just said, you have to find somebody who is an expert at what it is that you need. doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. can do it or not. You probably shouldn't be. So find somebody who that's their passion, that's what they're good at, and they will deliver every time. Yeah, that's amazing. And and even if they don't, their heart is in the right place, right? Because you, right. you're finding somebody that's passionate about it, and we're human beings, we're going to make mistakes. But if you can find somebody that thoroughly enjoys it, let, let me give you an example. This morning I was talking to my assistant, and we're, we're like – crazy nerds when it comes to systems and processes. We're all about documenting um, the system, uh, the process, the workflows on how to do something, step one, step two, step three, so that that way if we grow in the future or if someone takes a vacation and someone else has to come in and operate or, or perform that certain task, they know exactly what it is that they're supposed to do. But along the lines of passion, I had a uh, conversation with my assistant this morning, and she said, Jamie, uh, Jovelyn, another person on our team, Jovelyn and I were having so much fun this morning because we figured this out. It's, It's not that big of a deal, but it's a really big win to us. And they're so excited. And you know what they're excited about? HubSpot, <laughs> like they're excited oh. about figuring out a workflow there, you know, and that was nice. like, I was just like, oh my gosh, congratulations, you know, it's fantastic because that would drive me nuts <laughs> trying to figure all that stuff out. Well, and you don't have time, and this is why anybody mm. who is crafting a team, bringing on a team, especially now that so many of us are, are working remotely, as I said, I always did, but many people didn't. And now is the mm-hmm. perfect time to find people who can help you navigate the different things that you you didn't have to do these things before. You didn't know they were needed. I mean, there's so much that, look, we don't know what we don't know. Oh, we really so don't. So we have to find people who do know. And listen, I, and I know you do this with your team as well. My team, many of them have been with me for a very long time, at least a decade, at least. Wow. And that speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, they're very good at what they do, and I'm very appreciative of what they do, and I don't overburden them or yell at them. I mean, I'm always like, hmm. But, but here's here's the thing. I will ask them what do they think because, listen, if you're talking about Keep or HubSpot or you're talking about just one particular system, 
they immerse themselves in that. They're very, very good at it. They're staying on top of it. They're constantly, you know, kind of educating themselves. We can't. We're too busy. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. not where I need to be. So I learned, again, over time that the best thing that I could ever do with my team is to ask them what they thought of what I was asking about. Is there a better way to do this? Have you learned anything new? Is there, you know... Is there something that we should be putting into this system? I will hand it to them and let them go, oh, yeah, what do you think about this, Denise? And I love it. I don't have to do the thinking. And they get to shine. It's a win-win. But I have to tell you, Jamie, it took me a long time to get there. I'm a bit of a nerd. And I'm a hard ass. So there's that. well, (laughs) Well, and guess what? You are not alone. Um, I was I there. As a matter of fact, the name of our company was a description of what my friend called me, <laughs> said that I was. He said that I was the bottleneck. And, and you know, that wasn't very easy for me to hear, but it was it was right on. And, and if you look at it, um, most people don't know how to hire. Um, according to an article I read in Glassdoor, and you can go and Google this, it's, it's all over the place, but the average cost to hire somebody in the U.S. is $4,129. Do you know what the cost to fire somebody is? I would say up, triple that. Yeah, up to nine months' salary. Ow! It's it's insane. So many people, they like you nailed it. They don't know how to hire. They really they really don't. Um, you know, fortunately for me, I've had the experience of hiring over a thousand people, and so I've learned a thing or two. Um, and what we found is. You have to start when, – when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're just like at your wit's end, um, start documenting things. Start writing down what's in your head. Do, do brain dumps. I like to – you know, if, it's, if you enjoy a glass of wine, enjoy a glass of wine, but let everybody know, hey, for this next hour or two, I'm just going to be by myself. I need to do a brain dump. Take, turn off all your, your ringing, your phones, all that stuff, and just write down every single thing that you do in a given day, everything, and then assign two values to it. Number one, is it something that you must do, or can you delegate this to someone else? And here's the key, who can do it 75% as good as you or better. And what this does is it starts opening up the, the mindset that, hey, I'm going to bring somebody on. They're not me. They've never done this before. They don't know how I like to do something. But if they can take care of 75% of the tasks and get those tasks, those mundane tasks that, I, that are just you know, killing me off of my plate, that's wonderful. And by the way, that extra 25%, that's the 25% of something that they can do that may totally surprise you. And I say this from a good friend of mine, David Trainer-Cron, who told me that. And I just absolutely fell in love with that because if they can do something you didn't even think about to make your life easier, you're going to be blown away. And then the second thing, that you, the second value you assign is it something that gives you energy or does it completely drain you of energy? Take all of those tasks that you can delegate and that drain you of energy. Now you have a list that you can start working towards to delegate. And what I like to do is on each of the one of those tasks that I completely dislike doing, I can now get out of my head what it is I do for that task. So say I'm going through an onboarding process and I'm hiring or I'm going to you know, get a new client. What does that process look like for me right now? And I go down and I write every single step. As a matter of fact, I go into so much detail. Every time I click the mouse button, what am I doing? And the reason why I do that is I spend the extra time up front doing that. So when I bring somebody else on, they see exactly every single step that I do. So their learning curve is greatly reduced. But here's the best part. They're going to be spending their time doing this. You are not going to. So chances of them improving that process are definitely increased by huge amounts. And that, as a matter of fact, I just witnessed that uh, two weeks ago. Um, we had a, hired a new director of business development, and she sorted our sales cycle by two weeks, by two weeks, because of making two small adjustments. And it was just blown away from me, blown away. Uh, I was blown away, I should say, because I gave them permission to empower themselves, to lead, to do everything that they could in their area of expertise. 
And it's a good thing I did, and it's a good thing I didn't micromanage that because then we would still be in the longer sales cycle. And now every, everybody wins because our clients get their assistance earlier. You know, the salespersons get their commissions earlier. You know, everybody wins that way. And, and that's a really good example of a great way to begin getting out of the state of overwhelm that you may be in. That's I'm good for her. I guess it's. Yeah. I think I know who it is. Okay. <laughs> is that the girl who emails me? Because she's It lovely. very well may be. Maybe. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> it's Glenda. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's her. I think it's somebody else. But, I mean, your whole system. Oh, it might be Raina then. Yeah. It's Raina. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and while you were talking, one of the things that I used to think, okay, can I can I afford to do this myself or should I be doing this? Is this $5 an hour work or is this where I should be at $150 an hour? I think that's a big thing to look at too. You know, how much of your time are you spending in terms of dollars? And I think you'll find Mm -hmm. out at the end of the day when you spent 20 hours and four hours sleeping that you paid yourself about a buck 50. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. That's, you, you know what, that insight isn't, I should say that's incredibly insightful of you to say that because not a lot of people look at it that way. They simply look at the cost of what it is in hiring. And by the way, um, the true cost of hiring somebody is exponentially higher than just that, whatever that hourly rate is um, because now you have time that you're spending. When I have my company meetings, everybody's on the phone call with me. That's an expensive company meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. I'm, they're not doing anything productive at that point except for giving updates. Um, and it's not until they go back into their role after the meeting that, you know, they start, you know, m- making it worthwhile to, to you know, to, from a from a monetary standpoint. Right. And a lot of people don't take that in consideration. So as far as you realizing that, uh, I think a lot more people need to pay closer attention to that, because if I ask somebody, what, how much do you make an hour? And they shout out, oh, I make about $250 an hour. Well, well do you really? <laughs> um, nope. Then why are, why are you checking your email? And why are you writing blogs? Or why are you, you know, and if it's something that says, well, that gives me energy. Okay, fine. That's great. But if you're checking emails, you're not making $250 an hour. You're, you're just not. But if you're on, the, on a, a, a call you know, or, or t- speaking in front of a bunch of people or growing your company in some way, um, shape, or form, then, yeah, that's where you need to focus your time because th- people do business with people. They're not doing businesses with businesses. And so a lot of those people are getting out there and getting in front of people. And the reason why people do business with people is because they like that person. They feel comfortable with that person. They feel like that person is going to be able to help them and take care of them to benefit them. And if you're not focusing more time as the owner um, or as a leader in your business and or your, your industry, um, you you really are missing out on a lot of of really pristine opportunity in in my opinion and that happened to me i mean i started my business let's see 2001 2002 a lot of what we are doing now simply did not exist it just didn't i remember with one of my web development clients he's still my client and we're on his fourth website and he's a terrific client I remember calling him and saying, have you ever heard of Twitter? He's like, no, what's that? Have you ever heard of Facebook? No, what's that? This is when I started. None of this existed. YouTube, I don't think, was in place. And as I discovered all of these things, I was talking with my clients going, you know what? You need to be on Facebook. We need to get you here. We need. They're like, do whatever you want to do, Denise. They trusted me oh my because gosh. I always had their best interest in heart and I never ever and I'm so proud of myself this is something I came up with and I think it's funny but I never ever hand the keys to a client's website which basically without any other work or anything driving traffic to it is a pretty boat anchor and wish them good luck and God bless and never talk to them again I don't operate like that so that's yeah. why I became a virtual assistant and then eventually I became not a virtual assistant because it was draining me. But social media, I love doing that. But you're right. I mean, you have to have people in place 
who do what they do, they love what they do, they can advise you, even though you're, you know, technically the boss, because why else did you hire them? I mean, you hired them for their expertise, right? Ask them. Exactly. I don't know why people are so afraid to ask their employees, and I did air quotes, which I hate, but you know what I mean, <laughs> that their employees yeah. or their contractors or their team members, why are you not asking them for their best advice? I don't get it. Well, th- this, and if it's okay with you, is a nice segue into company culture, um, and yeah. I'm I'm a big proponent of a positive, now that I have to say positive company culture, because there could be a blah blase kind of company culture, and there can also be a toxic culture. Um, I'm a big fan of positive company culture. Um, We don't have an org chart here, like a hierarchy. We have a flat line. Everybody's voice is just as important as anyone else. And yes, I I may be the owner. I may be the person that started this business. I may be the person that's funded the business. But I would never even come close to saying that this company is what it is because of me ever because it is about the team and if i didn't give them if i didn't ask them questions and get their feedback and listen to what they were thinking and 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 even let them uh, uh, you know motivate them and have them challenge me which i absolutely love so if i come up with a decision and someone on our team says jamie have you thought about this i love that because it gives them a voice it gives them a position. It makes them a leader within the organization. And I want that even for our clients. I want them to be able to say, hey, this person really knows what they're doing. You know, what if we do this? What do you think would happen? Or, you know, and not be afraid of, you know, it's the worst thing in the world. And I've been in corporate America for 12 years. So, um, I've been in meetings where I've asked a question and a couple of people have laughed at me or, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of muted my voice and I did not want that here. And I don't want that for anybody else. Really. I want everybody to be on a part of the team because you can't possibly hear everything. You can't possibly see everything. But when you have multiple sets of eyes and ears focusing in on the same challenge, chances are that their perception may be somewhat different than yours as a leader. Embrace that, in my opinion. Embrace it, embrace it, embrace it. And, oh, my gosh, um, uh, you know, uh, March 1st last year, I, I, I lost my mom. And it was really tough in January. In January and February, um, I was a complete mess. And what I did is I went down to California because I'm in Springfield, Missouri, um, to see my mom and – Basically, I didn't do any work. And my assistant said, Jamie, go take care of your mom. We got your back. And I was just like, obviously, I started bawling, you know, because I was a mess at the time. But I was gone for about two two months of the, of the year. I came back to a healthier company than when I left. Aww. And that speaks volumes. It does. I lost my brother last week, and I haven't – today is the first day so I've sorry. Even sat upright, to be honest with you. So I completely mm-hmm. understand. I took most of last week off to just kind of wander around and bang my head into walls <laughs> or stub my oh, toe. My I wasn't, I wasn't all there, but I've been there. And you're, you're right. I mean, when you have the right people around you, whether they're your team or your, your business partners, and they, they're all invested in what you're doing together, how can you possibly lose? So you have yeah. to find those people to be around. You have to be around the people that energize you, that support you, that you do the same for. It's you know, it's a two-way street. And that nobody is just saying, well, you know, somebody did this and they did it wrong, and blah, blah, blah. One of the worst clients you can have, Jamie, and I know you've come across them, is the person who will spend all of his or her time double-checking what you're doing. I oh, can't fire them maddening. quickly enough. Uh, they don't last with me. Um, you know, you yeah. you just emailed me at eleven o'clock because you didn't like where the period was. I corrected it. <laughs> Leave me alone. You know that kind. Of, it's ridiculous. But there are people like that, and you know, just avoid them. You know, stick with people who yep. you know float above the waves with you. Yeah, that's why it's so important to to share a a, a common belief 
system. And that's why culture, it's so important right. to understand culture, vision, mission, core values, even your provocative point of view. Even that needs to be, you know, out there so that people can understand same thing I believe in. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with their vision. I see what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do. Their core values, yep, I align with those core values. As a matter of fact, I take my core values and I introduce, because I don't believe in a work-life balance. I just believe in life balance. And a lot of what's in my company as core values are the same core values, personal life. And so when I went to buy a, a, a truck uh, about two years ago, I went to the first place and three of the four core values checked out. The fourth did not. So I went on. I went to the next place. All four checked out. So I bought a truck. And that's, that's what's the benefit of being really clear on your messaging and your systems is that it allows you to make um, decisions with confidence because it's aligning with your personal values in much the same way when we bring on a new client in my opinion they align with our core values otherwise we don't we don't work with them and it's same here. I mean, I've actually tried I've tried to talk a client out of working with us and <laughs> like you know what we we're probably not a good fit and it went on and on and on um, finally um, we did choose to go ahead and work with that person. And guess what? They're no longer with us. Yeah. I have a, in fact, the, the person that I was just referencing that stood over my shoulders from another state, he lasted 48 days. And, you know, 18 of those oh days gosh. was just much too long as far as I was concerned. But I actually, <laughs> because, and this was my mistake, I didn't want him to start with, but he, you know, was recommended from a friend who really wanted me to take him there was something about this gentleman, and he's a very nice man, but there was something about him that just bothered me. And to this day, I couldn't tell you what it was. Just my spidey sense went off. And he just drove me bonkers daily. I yeah. mean, Monday through Sunday, he just was always on me, on me, on me. Plus, I made the mistake of saying, okay, you know, I don't, this is my, my rate. This is my retainer rate. He talked me down, which I never allowed to happen, and I have not done since. It was all a big mistake, but I learned a lot of lessons from it. Number one, follow your spidey sense. Number two, don't let anybody tell you that they can't afford your rate and that you know this is what they want to pay you. Don't do that. If they can't afford you, yeah. don't work with them. You know, send them. And I always do. I'll say, listen, I'm like you. I'm probably not a good fit, but let me see if I can introduce you to some other companies that may well be. I just won't take exactly. Them. And you know what's good about that? You're saving yourself a lot of headache. And and oh, yeah. when I first started, oh my gosh, I was just I faked it till I make. I was like, yes, I can do that. And then I'd go research it. Okay, how do I do that? I would yeah. try and take everything on, and that was and and that was good and bad in the beginning for me. And the the bad was, um, I just took all the stuff on, and I didn't have a clear message as far as what we did. The good thing was, I found out what I'd like to do and what I didn't like to do, which was kind of blessing. But fast forward, um, now that I have a better understanding of, of who we are and what we're all about, um, two things will happen. If you say yes to somebody that doesn't agree with your core values or doesn't align with your core values, um, you're, you're putting yourself in for a world of hurt because that's going to be a person that's going to harp on you about um, payment and all of that. You're going to spend a lot of energy on that, and then they're going to be double-checking everything, and it's just going to be a really, really tough go. The good if they don't fit, you can recommend it to somebody else. And now you're building a great relationship with another person who will be in your corner. And they're going to be very blessed and thank, thankful that, hey, you found somebody that's perfect for my business model. Thank you so much. And they're going to remember you. Because exactly. it's, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? And I have to slide this in. I made an immediate decision when I figured out there were clients that I didn't want. I, either the work they wanted me to do just wasn't really of any interest to me or, you know, the uh, there were just reasons. You know, I always knew when a good client came along, I always knew when one that mm, nice person, but not my kind of person. Never, mm -hmm. ever, and I'm going to advise anybody who is trying to shift you know, a potential client to someone else or several someone else's, never, ever tell them why you don't want this person because now you have muddied their their waters. Now they're going to go, mm. well, you know, she doesn't want him because he's blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't want him either. 
keep it to yourself. Just say, listen, I've got somebody that's not a good fit for my, my company, but I think you might be a terrific fit. Can I introduce you? Keep your thoughts to yourself. Perfect. They're not going to do anybody any good. Yep. Just just keep it positive, and the mm-hmm. more positive you can be in that. And, and, and you know what? That, part- that potential uh, client that may have been working with you is going to be so appreciative that, you, that you've referred them out to somebody that can really take care of them. And, you know, they will, they will respect you for doing that. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't, it's not all about the money at all. So, wow, mm-hmm. we've only got 25 minutes. When is... I knew this. I may have to bring you back, just so you know. And I'm going to do this on the radio. If I want you to come back, you'll come back, right? You can't tell me no because it's on yes, the radio. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Tricky. Okay, great. So what I've got now is let's go ahead and talk about when is the right time to hire because this past year we're definitely looking from what virtual assistants web development, all the, the virtual things that we do that, you know, distance assisting, that's changed to some degree because now yeah. we have to work with people. We don't have to. Now we are bringing in people who have never really had to have the kind of assistance that we offer. And they're like, oh, my God, where do I start? When do I start? Who do I even talk to? There are a lot of new questions out there right now, aren't there? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, yes, and and I will try and talk through this story as fast as I can, but I think it's no, an important you're, story. No, don't. You're definitely going um, to come back, seriously, so just oh, okay. take time because I am <laughs> not going to rush you at all. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, so there's a book that was uh, written by, I believe the author's name was Jeffy A. Green, and he wrote this book, Crossing the Chasm. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Okay, so in that, he has this little chart. It looks like the uh, hump on a camel's back. And um, basically, um, I'm taking from that example because he's talking about bringing a product to market. And 2.5% of us, um, I would say you are in that 2.5%. Um, 2.5% of us are the innovators, the people that create yeah. something out of nothing. Then you step, and when you create that, you're going to call your friends, your family, your sphere of influence. That's about 13.5% of the market where you're going to say, hey, you know, buy my widget, um, test it out, and let me know what you think. And they're going to go, oh, my gosh, Denise, you created this? Yes, I'm doing it. No, No questions asked, right? But then there's that gap. There's a chasm that they need to cross to hit the early market adoption, which is about 35% of the population. And that means you have to take the trials and the product or the service that you've created and now put it out there to people that you've never even heard of before. And that's like, well, they accept my product or my service, right? And when they do, that that early market adoption starts it, then you're on your way. You know you have a viable product or service. If you liken that to what's happened to us since March of last year, March of, as of the time of the recording today, it's March today. of uh, uh, right. 20, yeah, 2020. It's been Um, a year. It's bizarre. It's been a year. It's bizarre, exactly. And what we found was everything kind of quieted down for a while, right? Businesses locked up, restaurants locked up, everything shut down for a while. And what that, in essence, was is if you look at that example I just talked about with uh, Jeffrey's book, Crossing the Chasm, that was the chasm. It forced people into a remote-based environment where, in many cases, a lot of those people didn't think that they could be productive in a remote-based environment, when in all actuality, they found that productivity is greatly increased. And so I think what happened over this past year is people were able to cross that chasm and be introduced as an an option or an an alternative that you can do remote-based work and you can be successful and productive with it. Now, there is an element that collaboration is, is no longer there, so that the future workplace moving forward is going to be a hybrid model combination of remote and in-person work so that you can still have that collaborative element available to you. But even then, a lot of these people that want to work at home, they now realize they can do it. They can thrive. That systems, believe whether or not they even realize that systems and processes have been put in place 
to effective, you know, effectively use your home office and it's working for you now. You've got all of your things in a certain area, right? You, you know, your phone is here and your computer is here and you're, you put yourself here. People like it because they can put their own pictures up or they, uh, they want to sit towards the window or maybe they want to work in the backyard today because it's such a beautiful day. People have that luxury where they did not have that before. And so because we've crossed that chasm, you're starting to see that people now, it, it's okay, we can hire somebody now. Um, but to kind of go, dive into that question on when is a good time to hire, um, before I can answer that question, I think it's imperative that anybody that starts a business or it comes into a team leader position or any kind of leadership position, they need to start doing something and never going to do it. And what I mean by that is document, document, document. Everything in your role, document that. Do everything that you're doing and document it step by step. Like I said, I do it whenever I click the mouse button, I'll write that down. Now, fortunately now, I no longer do this. We have people that are uh, loving building our processes in our business based on what their roles are. As a matter of fact, every single person on our team writes their own job role and responsibilities. And that empowers them because now they're getting to write down what it is they really love doing. But to before you hire somebody, you have to do a brain dump. You have to get what's in your head out. And what you'll finally, there's some signs. So are you feeling frustrated? Um, are you having arguments? <laughs> um, are you late? Are you missing the, the kids' ball games? Are you finding yourself working on the weekends to catch up? Are you, you know, just working through lunch? Um, do you get headaches? I mean, all of these are little signs that you're starting to feel a little overwhelmed and you're getting overworked. Because you've been diligent about documenting your what it is that you're doing on a daily basis, you can now start seeing, oh my gosh, I'm starting to see a role form here. Um, I can actually hire somebody to get rid of this and this and this for those things that don't give me energy. And yes, I can delegate this. And because you started documenting it and writing down exactly what it is that you're doing, now you can find yourself in a position to where, oh my gosh, I really need to hire somebody. Maybe you're stuck at, you know, $500,000 a year and you, you're like, how do I get more? How do I increase it? I can't possibly work more than 18 hours a day. How do all these other people do this? How do these, you know, how are these people living? They have the same amount of time we do. The reason they are able to do what they do and generate a higher level of income or just a better life, whatever that means to them, is because they have people that they can delegate a lot of things to that they wouldn't have the time to do. So document that stuff, and then when you start feeling this overwhelm, then is a good time to at least start exploring it. And if you're interested in exploring it, Google. That's what I tell everybody. Go Google. Top, um, we are a distant assistant company, but Google top virtual assistant companies. If you Google a distant assistant company, you're going to get us because we're the world's first and only distant assistant company. But if you go and Google virtual assistant companies, look at all of them. Look at their rates. Start getting familiar with the process and see who, whose vision do you align with? You know, what kind of company is going to provide you with the answers you truly need? Because we can't provide the answers for everybody, just like every other company. It's not, the, it's not a best company out there. It's who's different enough to align with your um, values. Exactly. Does that help answer the question? Yes, it really does. And while we're on the the topic of documenting, you know, you're t I really want to know. I'd like for you to share with our audience, if you would, what tools do you use to document these systems and these processes and your brain dumps? I use Word, and then it gets lost. Mm. So <laughs> it gets lost. You see my Word files? Like, oh, geez, Denise, go back and read. I'll do it later. <laughs> So what kind, what kind of tools do you recommend that you use and recommend just because people always are looking for better ways to do things? Yeah. So I think the, the, the tool we use to create that we, and when we do a workflow, we do the hows and the what ifs. So the how is the step-by-step, -step, and we do that using Google Docs. And the reason we use Google Docs is because a document can be submitted and it can be edited by the team. Right, and it's in real time because all of our systems, processes, and workflows, we consider them living, breathing aspects of our business. Exactly. Um, once you create 
once you create that workflow, you you got to stay on it because things change, right? Technology changes, people change, um, the way things are done in business change, laws change. So you got to be able to be flexible with that. So we use Google Docs, and then um, we upload those to our Basecamp, which is our project management software, and that's where we store all of our workflow documents. And we have one main document that is a table of contents that's linked to all of the other documents that we have. So we have a workflow for every single task in the in the organization. And you, you heard me say something about the how-tos. That's the step-by-step. -step. That's when you click on the mouse button. So what we do is we say, step number one, go to this website, and then we'll put a, a um, little picture of what that website is. Step two, in the upper right-hand corner, click on login. And then we take a snapshot of that and draw a little red circle around login. You know, step three, enter your credit. Like, that's how detailed we are. But say, for instance, we have our onboarding process. Um, and someone is going to fill out a form. What if they don't fill it out? Well, then we use what we call is Lucid Charts, and it's a diagram. It's like mind mapping software. And so every single step of the journey, if there's an opportunity for a yes or no answer, or it did this happen or did this not happen, it'll say, did this questionnaire get submitted? Yes, do this. No, do this. And so that's the what really helps with is that when we bring somebody on, they don't have to say, hey, Jamie, what do I do if they haven't followed up yet? Well, look at Lucid Chart, <laughs> look at the diagram, and it tells you it even has a link to the email that you can send out to them. So they don't even have it, they can take the guesswork all out of it. Um, so those are, the, those are the three things that we use um, as far as our workflow and process management. And it's been really, really nice because it's all collaborative. See, I love that. When I'm not collaborative with my Word documents with my team. I use them for brain dumps or for ideas, but then I have to take mm. a, you know, create a folder on my desktop. This is for this client. This is for this client. This is for Denise. Do this at some point this year. Yeah, I have a file for that. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> and then another file is like, damn it, Denise, you didn't do this this year. I've got to get better about getting those things sorted out. But okay, so thank you for that because so many people say, I just don't know where to go. Do I use Slack? Do I use, you know, there's so many different tools. There's so many so different many. options. And it can get very confusing. It confuses me, and I'm a nerd. I'm seriously a nerd. Every <laughs> once in a while, I think, I don't want any more options. Just give me the one that works yes. and looks. Let me be free. Free me. Just let me go. Exactly. It, it, it very, very confusing. So I love that. And thank you for sharing. That's really important information. So what I wanted to do, because we've touched on this just a bit, and we really are, I am going to have to bring you back. I have so many other questions. And I think you have so much to share with, you know, with my audience. But what is the difference between a virtual assistant and a distant assistant? Now, I know because you and I talked about it, but I think it's important mm -hmm. that the audience understands the difference. Thank you so much for asking this question. Um, I, we were, during, this, during the process of um, COVID, uh, our business took a significant hit because a lot of our clients were smaller and they shut their doors. Uh, oh. Therefore, our assistants went away. Um, right. But we didn't quit there. What we did is we buried our head, or we, we didn't really bury our head. We jumped in the trenches. And we said, okay, let's fix all the things that aren't working that we found. And one of the biggest challenges we found was we were trying to, we were in a category that was created by somebody else, virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. And that industry has good and bad things about it, as do many. And we wanted to, to differentiate ourselves, not saying we were better than anybody else. I'm never saying that, but we wanted to be different. So what was happening in the virtual assistant world that wasn't good? We felt that a lot of people, um, in order to thrive in business, if you look at any business that's doing really well, what is the number one thing that's working in that business? It's not pay. People people will look on a job uh, application. They'll say, okay, does it pay good? Yes. That's the first thing they check for. But if they really want to get into an organization, they want to look at how that company operates, who their leader is, what the culture is like. And when you look at a virtual assistant, it's more of a transactional-based relationship. If you need a project done, you reach out to somebody, they do that project, you, know, you, you send them money, they send you that project back, bam, it's done. 
but they don't know the tone. They don't know the voice. They don't understand you. And this can only happen over time. It's not something that just appears, you know, in one or two weeks. So what we did is we went in and kind of redefined the industry industry and we we called it distant assistance instead of virtual assistance because words do matter and and this was going to be extremely challenging and and will be for for some time to come but what we wanted to focus on was more of an intimate based relationship meaning that if i hire somebody i want them to be part of my team for years to come and the reason why is because they know my tone. They know my voice. And if you've had an opportunity, Denise, to talk with my assistant, Raina, she mm-hmm. and I are really on the same page. Like, we can almost finish each other's sentences sometimes. It's it's crazy. Um, she knows I, <laughs> I'm not very good with follow-up, and I'm not very good with detail. <laughs> she is extremely uh, talented. You need both a folder like areas. mine. You know, you need my exactly. <laughs> I look at them every now and then and go, what year did I? Oh, geez. <laughs> I better update that year. It's so true, right? Like, oh, but, you know, uh, going back to it, it's because, and, and when I say intimate relationship, I'm not talking, you know, intimate no, that way. I'm I'm talking intimate, like, like family, like what? man, what can I do to help you? You know, like, seriously, whatever I can do, if you ever have a problem, you can always call me. I don't care when it is. I'm here for you. And she's the same with me. Um, And it's the same with that on everybody on our team, right? It's that type of relationship. When you can get to that level of a relationship, um, something magical happens, and it improves the lives of everybody around um, including yours. That's the difference between a distant assistant and a virtual assistant. We want to, we don't want the transactional based relationship. We want the intimate based relationship. See, I love that. And I completely understand it. And I would posit that if you're hiring a virtual assistant or a you know distant assistant to handle your social media, you need to have that relationship. Like I have only a oh my handful <laughs> of social media clients and that's by, design because I must be able to know them well enough to, you know, to be around them enough, whether it's email or phone calls or whatever it is, that I can literally, quite literally speak in their voice. And I do. Exactly. And that takes time though, right? Like right. you really have you to have a lot of visits with have them. have a hundred and... clients. Yeah, yeah. You can't do, you know, you can't have a hundred social media clients and think that people are going to go, hmm, Okay. Didn't I just see that on somebody else's page? I mean, really, you need to speak their voice and their tone. Yes. Yep. And and that's why this business, I think, of from a distant assistant versus a virtual assistant, it's much more scalable because we're Mm -hmm. dedicating. This person is dedicated. That's the other differentiator. It's you're not getting, you know, 10, 15 different people that, you know, are going to be working on your it's one person. That, that is kind of managing your projects for you. Exactly. And let's talk about that because I think that is so important. Look, I have shared with you and I'll share with my audience, there are a couple of groups on Facebook that I visit. All right, I lurk. I'm lurking. But I'm always, <laughs> I admit it, but I'm always looking to see what's up, what's the mindset, what are people doing And I was in a social media group yesterday, and I see this all the time, Jamie, and it's just even after, you know, virtual assistants having been around for a while now, people are still saying, oh, well, you know, I did this much work and I spent this much time and my client hasn't paid me. What? Really? You know, you don't know what a retainer system is. You don't have, you know, clear, defined goals. I I don't remark. I just lurk. And I think I've shared with you that I will never need a facelift because some of these comments in these groups, one is podcasting groups and the other one is, is um, social media and you know VA groups. I'm telling you, my eyebrows just fly up towards my hairline. I always look surprised. I'll never need a facelift. Never. I'm always like, what? <laughs> Sometimes I'll go look at my face and go, yep, you look surprised. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm surprised because people really ought to know better, but they don't. And I find that so sad. So the fact that you're creating this, have created a system where 
basically you've got this continuity link between the VA or the DA. Or how, how do you like to, to refer to them? Are they VA? VA. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But they're yep. still virtual VA. assistants. Okay. But yeah, it's just we're trying to redefine it, and that's right. the challenging part about doing category design. Well, and remember when you know VAs all of a sudden became OBMs, even though they'd been in business oh minute and a half. Yes. yes. So that that didn't work very well. It's another one of my gripes. <laughs> but so so basically, we've got about four minutes. Let's say that I'm okay. going to hire you for my business. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. What's the process? Well, you would you would go and. Uh, register for consultation uh, right on our website and then we would have a consultation call and that's uh, probably Glinda would would meet with you and then she goes through a series of questions during that consultation call to make sure that number one we're a good fit and is this something that we could do uh, well for you once that's done then we schedule a meeting for a week later called the 90-day presentation implementation presentation and that's where we actually build out a Google slide document of what the first 90 days is going to look like we map out a training program for you. We map out the documentation program because what we do is at the end of 90 days, we deliver, and and this is really awesome uh, because a lot of people don't do this. We actually deliver all of the delegated tasks that come to us in a workflow manual, including a table of contents, all branded to our client. And then once, um, once we're done with that implementation presentation, we schedule a time for the introductory call, which is about a week later, and that's where you get to meet your distant assistant to see if that was somebody that's going to be a good fit for you. Um, and then once you're done with that, then you, then you hire somebody if you want to. If you're not happy with that person, we'll find somebody else for you. And see, something that you just said is so, so important. A lot of people, and I've seen this, I've had it, you know, people try to do it to me when they were trying to hire me. It's like, oh, well, you know, I need this. I need 15 minutes a day or I need an hour a day or I need blah, blah, blah. And they would give me all of these criteria that they wanted not knowing what the heck they were asking for or how it worked. And then they wanted it done yesterday. It's like, uh, no. And I never would. I would say, no, I don't know you. I don't know anything about your business. You know, you have to give me some documentation that I can go look at you online, see where you are, where you're not, what you're doing right, and more importantly, what what you're not doing right. Then I come back with my recommendations and we can go from there. But no, I'm not going to jump into your particular pond. And so many people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's... uh... It's it's an educational process, um, right. and we oftentimes find ourselves having to slow people down because you have to slow down, gain your bearings before you can move forward. Um, you know, I I did land nav in the in the army, and we would have to go to one particular point using a compass alone. That's all we could use, and I would spend you know, 10 or 15 minutes prepping, orienting the map, getting my sights, getting, you know, the directions down, all of that before I took one step towards that uh, objective. And it's it's the same way. You kind of have to slow down, regroup, you know, kind of get a good idea of where it is that you want to go and work backwards, you know, work from, okay, I'm 90 days out. If I have all these systems, okay, this is how we're going to break it down. And here's the thing. We do that for them. So we help them figure out what their high, medium, and lower priorities are. And and we do all of that stuff for them to kind of guide them through the process. Why? That's all we do. (laughs) So we're really good at it. And I think if people can learn to slow down in order to speed up, everybody does much better in, in that scenario. No question. I mean, if you jump into something that neither of you really knows what you're doing, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Exactly. It happens all the time. Listen, we've got about 60 seconds. I told you this was the fastest 60 minutes on the Internet. <laughs> where can people, It really is. So where can people find you, and do you have any kind of last brilliant thoughts to share? Well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Denise, so much. This has been uh, so fun chatting with you. You can go to bottleneck.online. 
And the last thing I would say is do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. And thank you to those words I learned from the uh, most awesome Scott BB. But seriously, take some time and just brain dump. It's some amazing therapy. And guess what? It doesn't cost you anything. So take some time, maybe this weekend or sometime this evening, talk and, and talk to your family, you know, get it out there and let them know that you're going to be doing this. But just sit down for an hour or so and just do a brain dump. It'll be amazing what comes out of that. You know what I started doing because I found out that my Word documents are not all that effective. I started using the record button on my phone and I will brain dump oh. into my phone and then there send it off over to, you know, have it transcribed so I can put it in my, my Word folder. <laughs> I yeah. do good. You know, a good, I really a, do, a good tool is otter.ai. Exactly. Have you ever heard of that? I have, and I've used it. So I'm finding yeah, that amazing. out loud, look, I can type like nobody's business. I wear out keyboards. I go through two a year at least. But I'm finding that if I'm speaking out loud and I'm speaking to myself, my subconscious is actually going, hey, good girl. Good job. Yes. I'm retaining it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it works. You have to find what works. Jamie, thank you so much. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and I really do want you to come back. In fact, I insist. So I thank you for all of the wonderful tips and the advice that you shared with our audience. Brilliant stuff. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Amazon Prime, Audible, and anywhere else you consume your business podcasts. Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Jamie, thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.